This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks for being here today. Today, my episode is with Dr. Morgan Anderson. She's a relationship coach, attachment theory expert, and the creator of ESL Relationship Method. In this episode, we talk about, you guessed it, relationships. So much in our relationships change when we have kids or when we've been married for a long time. And we talk about what it means to be empowered and secure, not only in our relationship with our partners, but also with ourselves. Oftentimes when I feel frustrated inside my own home, I have to stop myself and think, okay, in my entire life, this is the most important relationship. And I want to make it as healthy as I possibly can. This is what we're doing every single day of our lives. I hope this episode with Dr. Morgan is helpful for you. You can learn more about her when you go to drmorgancoaching.com. If you enjoy this podcast or any of the podcasts in the Sandy Boy Productions Network, please leave us a rating and review on whichever podcast you're listening to and whichever app you're listening through. That is a huge way to help us grow these shows. We hope you find value in them. And if you want to support my work behind this show, Why Is Everyone Yelling? and my other podcast, I'll Have Another, you can check out my Patreon page and support there for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash lindsayhine. All right. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Morgan Anderson on the show. Welcome to the show, Dr. Morgan. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you as well. Okay. First, I have to say I'm looking at your bookshelves back there. I love that color. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I decided to do black as my background. So yeah. (laughs) I know. I feel like you see wood or white. I don't ever see black. So maybe that's like a new trend. (laughs) Yes. And I need to, I'm still unpacking. I just moved into, this is my dream house. I spent two years building it. I just moved in. So I need to get all my books up. I have some of them, but, um, it'll continue to get, you know, get settled. It's a process. Yeah. 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 Um, and where are you based out of? I am outside of Bozeman, Montana. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. This is totally off topic, but I'm just curious. Are you on TikTok? I am. So is yes. it Montana, the state that just banned it? Yes, they they did. They did ban okay, TikTok. Okay, what does that look like? So apparently you just won't be able to download it. But if you have it, you'll still be able to use it. They can't police that. But it's okay. going to be removed from the app stores. And it's very Montana. Montana's like, <laughs> they don't want any government involvement, freedom, you know. So it doesn't surprise me at all. But... Um, This is my home state. I grew up here and then I lived in California for a decade. Never thought I'd move back here, but I, I love Montana. It's just my family's here. It's home. It's peaceful, beautiful. Um, I, I have friends that uh, we're we're in Raleigh, North Carolina, but I have friends that have a house in Bozeman and they do research, they're professors. And so they go there in the summers and then they rent their house out during the, the year. So we're thinking about maybe going out there this summer. Oh, you should. It's beautiful. 
Oh, um, okay. So you are a relationship coach and an attachment theory expert. What even is an attachment theory expert? Yes. So I, um, in my doctoral training as a clinical psychologist, I focused my research on attachment theory. And what happens is it's not really known by a lot of psychologists or experts out there, but it's just the understanding of why we do what we do in relationships and really um, helping you see, okay, this is how I'm getting my needs met, or this is why I'm attracted to this kind of person. This is what I do when I'm triggered. I always tell people it's the missing piece of the relationship puzzle when you really understand attachment theory, because it just gives you the why behind what, what you're doing in relationships. Yeah, that's so fascinating too. And as a parent, I as I go through conflict with my kids, when I hear that, I wonder, okay, is a lot of this coming from our childhood? And then like, what can I do now as a parent to like, make sure, is there a right or wrong attachment? You know what I mean? So to make sure that they are in a healthy place as adults and when they enter relationships. I'm glad you brought that up. Attachment theory started with the parent-child relationship. It was studying parent-child bonds and we do want to be in a securely attached place. That's the goal for everyone. Um, so in parenting, it is about creating secure attachment. And then there are three other styles that I would consider um, the insecure attachment styles. And those are where your attachment system is dysregulated. So your attachment system is not functioning well. Um so yeah, we want to we wanna help kids grow up to be securely attached, emotionally regulated adults. Uh, but I'm happy to talk about attachment theory. Yeah, like what, like how many different styles are there? How do you figure out what your style is? All that. Okay, so this will really help you in your relationships, understanding what your unique style is. And I actually have a quiz for this. Okay. Um, it's in the link in my Instagram bio, Dr. Morgan coaching, um, on Instagram, you can take this quiz and it'll tell you the percentages. So I want to start by saying you could have more than one attachment strategy. So if you listen to this and you're like, Oh, I'm multiple, you might be. Yeah. Um, so there's four styles we have secure. I already told you that one where we all want to be. We have okay. eight anxious, avoidant, and then the disorganized attachment style, which is also known as fearful avoidant. Um, anxious attachment, this is where you are placing your relationship needs above your own needs and you probably have fear of abandonment and you struggle with setting boundaries, you struggle with expressing yourself, and you might find yourself in codependent dynamics a lot. Okay. Yeah. And, and this is the, the attachment style where no matter how much reassurance you get, you don't ever quite feel safe and connected in the relationship. So you're just kind of constantly wanting reassurance. Is it me? I, is it bad that I'm thinking I'm too selfish to have that style? No, no. <laughs> we'll move on to the other ones. Maybe you're a different one or maybe you're secure. <laughs> um, so the next attachment style is avoidant attachment style. This is where you are placing um, your needs above your partner's needs. Uh -oh. And <laughs> th 
this this is the person who sometimes is like i'm an island i do everything my for for myself i have to meet all my own needs right and they also have a really hard time depending on people mm. is this you Lindsay? Okay. well I, it's embarrassing to say that I feel like the first half is the second half. No, because I'm very, I feel like I'm too dependent on my partner. Yeah. And I mean, we'll, we'll get into kind of the details of this, but, um, this is that person who had to learn how to be hyper independent. So instead of codependency, they'll find themselves being hyper independent. Mm -hmm. And um, this will a lot of times prevent them from having real deep intimacy. And they're pretty scared to be vulnerable in their connections. Mm -hmm. The the other attachment style um, of the insecure types is the disorganized attachment style. And this is where you have both anxious and avoidant tendencies. And you tend to pendulum swing between the two. So you might have fear of abandonment, but then you want independence. And this is a very exhausting, confusing attachment style for people. Um, It's only about 5% of the population. Wow. Yeah. And it's highly correlated with childhood trauma. Okay. So how do you get to like, what are the characteristics of the, the first one? What's the secure? Yes. Let's talk about secure. So secure attachment is where we all want to be. This is where I value my needs and I value my partner's needs. I can show up for myself and meet my needs and I can be tuned into my partner and help meet their needs. I value my relationship with myself and my relationship with my partner. I set boundaries. Um, You know, if there is conflict, I move through it in a way where I'm not afraid the relationship's going to end. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, essentially I'm emotionally regulated. I'm at peace. I enjoy relationships. Yeah. It's like, it's where we all want to be. Can you look at this? Not just with your like romantic partner or spouse. You can look at this with your friendships as well. Absolutely. Attachment theory is a lens for all relationships. And a lot of people find their friendships tend to be more secure Mm. and they'll struggle in family and intimate partner relationships. But some people also experience these dynamics in their friendships too. Because, you know, we all want to show up. Like we all, we all want this, right? We all want this out of ourselves. We also want this out of our partners. We also want this for ourselves with our friends and vice versa, our friends to us. So how do you like evaluate what's going on for yourself, but then also <laughs> evaluate it without being critical of your partner? I love that question. So I always believe in the power of modeling and doing it ourselves first. So really your own awareness of your attachment style and how you're showing up and taking ownership. And just by you showing up differently, you will have an impact on Mm. your partner. Um, And then at some point there is an invitation of saying, hey, you know, this is something that's been really helpful to me. I wonder if it would be helpful to you. Here's what I've been looking into. But it starts with you taking ownership and you showing up differently first. And then the person that wants to grow with you, they're going to learn from you, you know, you being able to model secure attachment. Um, 
Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things with relationships and um, we can talk about healthy conflict, which is important because if anybody's been in a relationship more than, I don't know, 10 days, you'll, (laughs) you know, that conflict will eventually arise. Um, Is that like, I think we want our partner to like read our mind and know what we're thinking and what we need and what we want. And they, they don't, they can't know that. So what is your advice for navigating that? Absolutely. Yeah. Our partners can't read our minds. We have to give our partners the opportunity to meet our needs and to give them that opportunity. We have to express what our needs are. And I think so many of us have childhood unfinished business that we're then bringing into our adult relationships and we're wanting to have these childhood wounds be healed by our partner. Mm -hmm. So there really is this ownership of saying, okay, let me work on my childhood stuff myself so that I'm not projecting it onto you. Um, And then one of the main things that I help people with is their beliefs about relationships. And that includes beliefs about getting my needs met, beliefs about conflict. So many people I meet, Lindsay, have the belief that if we have a fight, that means that our relationship isn't good Mm -hmm. or that I'm going to be left. I'm going to be abandoned. So I help people really change their beliefs about conflict and about relationships So they can approach them with a regulated nervous system and approach them based in reality instead of based in childhood stories. It's, it's interesting as, as I get, my kids get older, I think about this childhood stuff a lot. I think that's becoming super common. Once you move out of your kids being babies and toddlers and they're starting to be people that you can actually have conversations with, you're like thinking back to your own childhood. And I think for so long, I'm sure there are a lot of people that can resonate with this. Like I always just thought oh, my childhood was fine. Like my parents loved me. Like I had a safe home. My hat was provided. Everything I needed was pr- provided for me. Um, but then you start thinking about even the smallest things that you're like, oh, maybe that might've affected me. Like my mom did everything in our family, like physically for the kids. And my dad kind of was there when he wanted to be. And it's just like things like that. I, I didn't really think about it much as a kid because I was just like, that's just how it is. But now that I'm an adult and I see how involved in every single thing our kids do that my husband is, I think, I wonder how that affected me, like the way my dad showed up. And now I'm constantly kind of comparing it to what how my husband shows up. I think that's really insightful and it's, it's really important to think about that and realize that, you know, I say we all have a relationship blueprint. So you have a family blueprint of, oh, this is what a family is. And that gets unconsciously wired for you. Mm -hmm. But then the empowering thing as an adult is doing just what you're talking about and saying, well, Hey, what does it get to look like for me? What would feel really good to my family? How does this get to be different? How do we make sure that everybody's getting their needs met, right? Yeah. And it's, I, I don't, like, I, I don't quite know what to make of those things. Because when you, you talked about those attachment theories, like the fourth one, the disorganization comes from, like, childhood trauma. And I, and I find it interesting that every time you go to a therapist that you start going back, like, to try to figure out, like, where these things um, are coming from. And I never really know like what to make of it as an adult. It makes, I know for one 
one reason it makes me want to um, show up in my best way possible for my own kids. But um, yeah, it's like how much ruminating on that is actually healthy though. I, I love this question so much and I want to speak to it because a lot of people I help, they'll say kind of the same thing of like, oh, my childhood was fine. You know, there wasn't anything major. Um, but we really do have this opportunity to revisit childhood wounds, but, but to do so intentionally and to say, okay, I'm going to show up and I'm going to ask myself, okay, what did that childhood version of me experience and what did she need to hear and how can I give that to myself now? And then one thing I really help people do is um, ways to like finish the business of childhood. So ways to actually get closure around your childhood because traditional psychotherapy, you could go for 20 plus years and you could still be talking about your relationship with your mother for 20 years. Let's just be honest. But I really believe in ways of getting closure and releasing the past so that you can move forward and create the relationships that you want. And that's why I created what I created because as a psychologist, I saw oh, we have all this awareness. We're going so deep into childhood, but what the F are we doing with the awareness? Like it really pissed yeah. me off. I was like, let's build, let's actually build the life we want and not just sit in the awareness. So that's a, that's another thing I wanted to talk about. Cause I know you, you work also with a lot of people who are like dating and finding their partners and things like that. And I imagine most of my listeners are in the phase of life where they've found their partner and they've been with their partner for a while. We definitely have some listeners who might be divorced or widowed or not married yet, but I would say the majority, right? Um, so we're, a lot of us are already in that relationship. And so there's like, what do we do to make it the best it possibly can be? And I love one of the things you talk about is like, when you're in a healthy relationship, you, you are your most true self. And I do think especially, you know, what do they say? It's the seven year itch. And then like you see these like marks in your marriage where you're like, oh my gosh, we've made it here. (laughs) Oh, now this is getting really hard. And so how do you continue to be your truest self as the dynamics of your relationship change because maybe you moved or you had more kids or whatever it might be? I love this so much. And I do um, really believe that the work on yourself never stops. And, and that's a big part of the successful marriage is that both partners say, okay, my joy is my job. Mm. I'm not gonna, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna expect you to create my joy for me. My joy is my job. And then these securely attached partnerships supports the individuals in being their most authentic self and supports them in growing and evolving, right? That great relationship allows for evolution so, um, there's this saying, it's like, if you're lucky, you'll have seven different partners in your lifetime. And if you're very lucky, it'll be with the same person mm. because we do, we become different people, things mm-hmm. change, right? And true, securely attached lifelong partnership is that person who's always curious to get to know the new version of you as you grow and change. Okay. That was really, that's really beautiful. I love that because that, that is so true. Uh, especially if you, you meet your partner when you're like, we, my husband and I started dating when I was 22, like 
we're both almost yeah. 40. Like this is, <laughs> this is a lot of seasons have, have gone by at this point. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about this. Um, so I, we recently moved a couple of years ago and it's been a journey <laughs> to create a community and get to know people. And then the whole process of like not being physically close to our old friends, you know, we lived in the same place for 15 years. And so needless to say, I've had lots of moments of feeling like sad and like lonely. And I started every time I started feeling like sorry for myself that I felt that way that nobody was reaching out from my old, you know, group. I was just like, you know what you're going to do right now? You are going to text five people and you are going to check on them and you're going to ask them how they're doing and, and connect because that would do two things. It would, it would be giving to them. They probably were looking for the same thing for me and it would be good for me because then I would get the connection I wanted. I was just initiating it. And I, I know for a fact I failed to do that in my primary relationship with my husband. So um, this conversation is a good reminder, but I think that that's a good reminder. What I just said for all of us when we, because I think everybody feels lonely for friendship. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I think that willingness to, uh, you know, be the one to initiate and express the needs to be, to be the vulnerable one, right. To share, Hey, I miss deeply connecting with you. It's so important. We we have to be willing to show up and express that. All right, a quick break here. Whoa, let me tell you about Cozy Earth. All right, I've heard about Cozy Earth for a very long time, ever since I saw them on Oprah's Favorite Things. They are luxury goods that will transform your life. And when I mean your life, I mean your sleep. Okay, Cozy Earth bedding is temperature regulating and is available in viscose from bamboo and in linen. I have these sheets on my bed right now and on my pillowcases. You know when you get hot at night and then you wanna like flip the pillow over? You don't even like get that when you sleep in these sheets. They are so comfortable, so cooling. And I am a hot sleeper. I need a cooling sheet. And that soft, soft pillowcase on my, of course, lagoon pillows that I use. They also have super cozy loungewear, like the most comfortable loungewear you will ever find. You can try it out for 35% off. I never have sponsor codes for that big of a discount. This is a really great deal to check out. So just go to CozyEarth.com and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, 35 I highly recommend the sheets. Good sheets are a bit of an investment, but you spend so much of your time in that cozy bed. Get yourself some good sheets. It's time to do it. CozyEarth.com. Use the code L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-3-5 for 35% off your order. All right, friends, back to the show. What does that look like? Like the give and take. Like, I love that. My joy is my job. I can't tell you how many times I've fallen into the trap of thinking it's his job. But um, what does that give and take look like? Like, I know my joy is my job, but I also want to provide joy to my partner as well. But at the end of the day, it's their responsibility for their life. Right. We have to realize that, you know, we can't fix their career for them. We can't fix their health for them. We cannot take responsibility of their happiness However, we do 
have to, you know, contribute to this living, breathing thing that is a relationship. And that takes two people. I, I think it was like your relationship garden. You both have to show up to nurture it and water it and make sure it's growing, get all the the weeds out. You both have to show up for it. And what I have found most helpful is having routines and having some, some check-ins mm-hmm. just scheduled on the calendar because if it's not, we're just going to, we're just not going to make time for it. Right. So I believe you schedule what you prioritize and making those priorities to check in with each other. And it's just this genuine question of how can we be more connected? How can we have a better relationship? What do we need? Sometimes what you need is like watching a funny movie together and giggling on the couch and just hanging out and being like really present with each other. Like that might be it. But you have to be curious and ask the questions. If you don't ask the questions, you won't invest the time. So it's just that commitment to always asking, how do we water this garden? How do we how do we connect? What does it look like? So I feel this is such a generalization. And I feel like this when I talk to lots of experts on this podcast, um, that women are the people listening to stuff like this. I mean, not always. That's a total generalization but I feel like we're the ones that like are like okay like I want to do the work and educate and um so that can be kind of like challenging when you bring stuff like this up like my dream is to have like a weekly meeting on like Sundays and be like this is what I want to do for the week this is what I expect and what do you want to do what are your expectations and my husband would be like Okay, let's just get to my, you know what I mean? So I think that there's usually more of a planner and more of someone who just kind of like is super content and goes through like the next day to the next day. Um, So what's an idea for managing that? I just want to acknowledge what you said and I want to validate it. And I just want to acknowledge all the women out there listening and that are doing the emotional labor in their relationship. Yes. Yeah. It's, it is, it is falling on us. And I think, um, we get to acknowledge that and we get to show up for ourselves and just be in gratitude for the ways that we try to heal, you know, the emotional wounds that are passed on and trying to create something better in our marriages. Right. Um, so just acknowledge that. And I really believe in this concept that I've talked about, which is called relationship culture. We have to realize that every relationship we're in, we have a unique culture and we get to co-create it with our partner. And we do get to ask that our partner be an active participant. Mm. And we do get to have a relationship vision and that our partner be an active participant in the vision. And that's part of that voicing the needs and, um, You know, allowing it to be scheduled, I think, is so helpful. Create the space and then the engagement comes. So it's this it's this ask of your partner of, hey, this is really important to me. And I would ask that you would show up for this. And please, let's let's try this together and let's change the relationship culture. I love that. Um, but my question, this might, some people might say, I don't have this problem at all. Some people might say, oh yeah. Like when you get to a point where you've been together for a very long time and you're like, okay, we finally have a dinner out 
and then you realize like you don't have anything to talk about or you're in like a lull where you're just like, what are we doing? Um, do you have tips for like, like ways to make that feel fun again? I love that you asked this. And I think that most couples who've been together for a long time are going to experience this. So we just want to normalize it first. Um, and then really what, what I think is helpful is like, what, what I talked about earlier is like, how can you be curious of getting to know who they are now? Mm. And, and not being afraid to ask those deeper questions, not the like, what's our next trip or yeah. what, what are we going to get for your mom for mother's day? None of those like day to day questions, but being willing to just ask the deeper questions like, Hey, as you're heading into your next decade, what's really important to you? Or gosh, you know, what, what do you feel like your biggest fears are right now? Or what are you really excited about? Is there anything that we haven't talked about that something that you're excited about? So just like being willing to think outside the box and ask some of those deeper questions as if you're like meeting them for the first time. Right. I love that. Yeah. Because it can get so tied up in the like, let's plan this, let's do this. And it's, it ends up being, um, very surface, very surfacey. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you need that. There's like, there's like the, almost like running the business element of a relationship, yes. you know, Yes, you have that, but then it's like, no, okay, let's transition into how do we connect on a human to human deep level? Yeah. So in your work as a relationship coach, like what, what is like one of the biggest things that people come to you needing? A lot of times they are not experiencing joy in their relationships and they're finding that being in relationships actually causes them a lot of pain. Mm. And they're, they're having this beautiful vision of a great partnership and building a beautiful family. And they're just really struggling to get to that place and they, and they don't know how to do it. Tell us about your book, Love Magnet. Yeah. So this book, I have it right here. Um, This book has been years in the making and I wanted to make attachment theory fun for people. So it's fun. It's accessible. It's stories, client stories, my stories. um, And it just really helps you work through anything that you need to let go of so that you can have healthy, great relationships. And then there's also this part on having your highest and best self as your identity. Towards the end of the book, it's like, how do you step into your highest and best self and maintain that for life? Um, So yeah, it's definitely experiential. Like you'll need a journal if you're going to, if you're going to go through it. Um, But I, I really believe that it's an enjoyable way to do some of this work on your own. Okay. Without giving away like, you know, the big ending of the book, can you give us some ideas for how we do become that best self? Absolutely. One of the things I teach inside of the empowered secure love program that I have, um, is a daily practice called the morning alignment. I'm really big on daily, you know, we, we don't get our goals, we get our standards Mm. and I'm, I'm really big on daily standards and practices. And this practice is called the morning alignment. And it's a 
it's a document, but it's a very powerful document that you read in the morning and you connect to the vision for your life, your, your affirmations, identity. So I believe in creating identity mapping and then connecting to it every day is huge. So it's a morning practice that I have. Um, and that's, that's in the book. I love that. Yeah. There's, um, do you know, do you follow or read Donald, Donald Miller stuff at all? Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I read his book hero on a mission. I've read a couple of his books, but, um, it's kind of morbid to like think about, but he's like, I try to read what my obituary would say like three times a week because it like helps me reflect on, am what I'm doing today or this week or this month, is that a reflection of what I want my life to look like? And I mean, it can feel a little bit exhausting to think that big every day because there's some days where like we don't have the mental capacity for that. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's like a really important reflection because otherwise we can get very robotic about what we're passionate about and what we're doing and how we're living. Yeah, we get reactive instead of intentional. This is kind of like maybe off topic a little bit, but as I was thinking about that, um, like how, what are your feelings on that? Like what I just said, you know, you you have a successful business. You wrote your book. Um, sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Like we can think, I want to feel like I have this big purpose in my life, that my life is meaningful, but we're like kind of stuck. Like, where do I go next? What's that next big step? And there's that, like we want that. But then there's also this feeling of like, I also want to be content and not feeling like I always need more. I, okay. I have a lot of <laughs> thoughts on this. I'm like, here's a whole other episode for you. Yep. Um, here's a way to solve that. So instead of focusing on the vision for your life and the goals and the milestones, because that can feel so overwhelming of, okay, here's all the things I want to do and obtain, et cetera. I would want you to just think about your identity and how you're showing up and who, who you really are at your core mm. and knowing that, okay, I'm successful when I'm in alignment with my true identity. So maybe my identity is I am kind, I am compassionate, I try to help and serve people when I can. Maybe it is I am a kind mother, I'm a present mother, I'm always doing the best that I can with what I have. So just connecting to those identity core pieces instead of, oh, this is who I'm going to be, this is my mission, this is my purpose. When we connect to our identity day after day, those milestones just automatically happen. I love that. All right, friends, I got to take a quick break here and tell you about this lash therapy that I've been using. It has been a game changer for my eyelashes. I basically like had hardly any eyelashes at all before I started using lash therapy by Hello Skincare. I did not have high hopes that this would work very well. And my goodness, it has totally changed how my eyelashes look. I'm not a huge makeup person either, but having more thick, full eyelashes has made me feel a lot better. Um, you can step up your game in just 60 days. It does not take 60 days. I, I feel like I noticed a difference within two weeks. You'll have longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes using Lash Therapy by Hello Skincare. 
Uh, you can save too, 15% when you go to helloskincare.com. When you check out, use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-H-2-0. They also have a C serum that I use in the morning and a night serum that I use every night. You can buy the package of three. But if you're only going to buy one product from them and you're going to start somewhere, start with that lash therapy. And let me know what you think. I'm serious. These results are crazy. HelloSkincare.com. Use the code LindsayH20 for 15% off your first order. All right, friends, back to the show. Um, who else do you like read and, and follow along with besides Donald Miller? I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins, uh-huh. you know, I'm Firewalker. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Tony, Gabrielle Bernstein's book, uh-huh. Super Attractor. Um, that's, I, I guess I also love Ed Milet is someone new and Brendan Bruchard, mm. all the big names. I've been in seasons where I read a lot of that stuff and follow along and think about maybe taking courses and whatnot, but then I get overwhelmed and I think I'm, it's too much input and then I don't know how to output. And so it kind of feels overwhelming. So I, I, I think that you're a good example of someone who has input all this and then executed it. So how have you done that? <laughs> seasons. Yeah. Seasons in life. I went through a season um, in 2019, 2018, where I just did all the personal development stuff. I went to all the events. I was in all the masterminds. I was just all day long taking in, taking it in. And then now um, my life's very different. And maybe it just looks like, ooh, that 10-minute YouTube clip or, ooh, you know, I I read this one book. Um, But I just build the habit of learning and I know the power of inputs Mm-hmm. So now it's just like, okay, I'm a daily learner. I'm, if I'm just taking 10, 15 minutes, I need, I need a, I need a good input today. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I just know the people I like, know, trust, respect, and I'll just kind of pick what, what I'm feeling, but it is so not sustainable <laughs> to go to the events, to be in all the masterminds, uh-huh. to do all the things. All the time. That's not, that's not real life. That's not yeah. real life. That was a, brief season for me. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, um, I read Marie Forleo's most recent book and, you know, like you said with your book, like it's definitely a journaling take notes. And as I was reading it, like, it's very much a like, don't fly to the next chapter, write this down, like figure this out. And I just kept flipping through (laughs) and I'm like, I didn't read this book how it was designed to read because I was so focused on just getting it done and getting to the next book. It's like you can put all of it in, but if you don't do anything with what you're putting in, is there a point? Totally. And I think, (laughs) you know, it's so, there's so much out there now. I don't know if you realize this, Lindsay. It's like, Hey, when I was young, there was no Instagram. It was like, you know, it was MySpace. Like, um, (laughs) There was not this wealth of personal development and Uh knowledge. My dad had like the Tony Robbins cassette tapes and I hated it. I was like, this is so terrible. Um, But yeah, we're in this day and age where we're inundated with things. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people you have to use discernment. You have to see like what is in alignment with you. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't stick, if it doesn't resonate, if it's not doing anything for you, that wasn't meant for you. Mm -hmm. Don't try to force it. 
the things that are for you are going to align with you and they're going to stick and and they're going to feel good. So you get to curate the quality of your inputs and be very intentional, like unfollow the people that, Mm -hmm. that don't, that don't work for you. I thought about just like starting fresh, like zero follow, you know, following zero. And like, I don't want to do it because I don't want to, it feels gross. Like, especially if it's people, you know, but like, I almost want my assistant to go in and unfollow everybody. So I just can start with zero and curate it from the ground up. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'll be really honest with you. I don't really consume social media at all. That's Um, probably why you're so productive. (laughs) I, I believe in you have to have blank space to create. If you yeah. want to make stuff and you want to create, you have to have blank space in your mind. And there's just no way to do that when you're consuming social media. You're just like so full all the time. Yeah. Okay. So your course, Empowered Secured Love, right? Yes. Okay. Tell us about that. <laughs> So this is the, just all of everything I know from my clinical psychology work, from attachment theory research, from NLP work, belief work, all of it put together in an eight week program to help people become securely attached so they can attract that great relationship they've always wanted. And it's this program that gets deep enough to change your identity so that you just become the version of you who has great relationships for the rest of your life. And it also gives you all the tools. So I know all the, uh, everybody wants to know, how do I have a healthy conflict conversation? How do I notice, you know, red flags and green flags? How do I set boundaries? So there's also all the tools and the skills in there too. But um, we've helped over 450 women at this point. And yeah, I, I love what I do. It's amazing. Oh, so good. Um, okay. What is something professionally or personally that you haven't done that you'd like to do? I have this dream of a Netflix show. I'll just be very vulnerable. I don't tell many people this, but a show that would actually show people going through the healing work. So you could like see people's healing processes and then kind of follow them on a year long journey of them finding love because I am so sick of all these reality dating shows where it's like, love is blind, blah, blah, blah. It's like, this is not healthy. People, right. People are repeating their patterns. So I would love a show that's like showing people breaking their patterns and having new experiences. So would you start with people that are already in relationship? No, I'd probably start with single people, but if, unless it was a relationship that really needed to change. So yeah, I mean, if it was an unhealthy relationship, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I used to be a big sucker for The Bachelor, you know, just like junk TV. But how many of those people really stay together? I mean, there's like six or something. I am sick of it. I, you know, I watch them too. And it it ultimately breaks my heart because these people are so vulnerable. They're showing their lives. They're like wanting to find love. But they're just not doing it in a way that sets them up for success. So yeah, that's my that's my big dream that I could show that that people could heal so that it would inspire other people to heal and have better relationships. Oh, well, I look forward to when it when it airs. <laughs> Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, what is the best most recent book you've read? I am so into this book that I'm going to read it again and it is The Creative Act by Rick Rubin. Okay. And I have the audiobook. I don't usually do audiobooks. His voice is so zen. I feel like I'm in a meditation. 
So yeah, the creative act by Rick Rubin. It's if you do any sort of creative anything, it's so helpful. Oh, okay. So you think I can input and output from this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I'll give it a shot. Have you read the, um, the war of art? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, that one was really good, but again, another one where I'm like, Oh, I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) I like, I like Rick Rubin better because it normalizes a lot of the creative stages and just kind of it's a non-judgmental. The war of art is very like show up every day, no matter uh-huh. what, blah, blah. So, you know, I'll, I think you'll like this one better. Okay. Awesome. That's exciting. Um, do you have a kid's book you recommend? Oh, I, you know, I'm a, so I have two, um, I have a niece and a nephew. I love kids and my, honestly, my favorite book to read them and maybe, or maybe you'll know the title of it. Gosh. Is it, it's the one where it's like, you're my baby forever. Oh, I love, yes. I love you for always. Yeah. Oh, like you for, yeah, yeah. I know which book you're talking. Everybody knows that book. Yeah. I don't (laughs) know what it's called. At the end of the book, the little boy is holding his, his mom. Anyways, I always cry. cry. I was crying and everything that. So yeah. Um, and then do you have a trip or somewhere you've been that you're like, everybody has to go here? Oh man. I do. I love traveling. I do a lot of travel. Honestly, my my most favorite international trip would be Greece. Mm. I just had a private sailboat with my friends. Um, not that expensive. I know it sounds expensive. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Um, and we just did island hopping, island to island on the sailboat. And I think that's a trip everybody should do in their lifetime. Okay. And then what's your last message to leave with our audience today? I would say no matter what your past has been, please know that you can always, always have peace, high self-worth, and great relationships. It's never too late for you to heal. Thank you so much, Dr. Morgan Anderson. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Dr. Morgan, for coming on the show. You can find Dr. Morgan on Instagram. She's Dr. Morgan Coaching over there. You can find me personally. I am LindsayHine626 on Instagram, at LindsayHine on Twitter. Ooh, I got to get some threads. I, I downloaded the Threads app. Let me find. I guess on Threads, I'm LindsayHine626 as well, right? It's just your say. Yeah, it's your Instagram name. Cool. Uh, find me there. Friends, thanks for being here. Learn more about this show and all the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. Have a great rest of your day.